0: Welcome, everyone, to Love and Pod, episode seven of our weekly, yes, it is, I can officially call this weekly Trigon Stampede podcast. I am your host, Lady Zion the Double Fang, and with me is my co host, Kai, the non-binary typhoon.
1: Yeah, what's up? We're weekly again. We're three. Is it three now? Is it three in a row? Three, three in a, in a row. row. Yes.
0: I think that's a new personal best. I think after episode two, I think you caught COVID. And then we did like episode three and then we were gone for a while. And now we're back, baby. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and boldly state this is a weekly podcast again.
1: <laughs> Knock on wood.
0: Okay. So episode seven. Oh, boy. Like the last episode, we had incredibly high opinions on, but we both gave it a perfect score because it was thematically tight, it was emotional, it was tense, it was beautifully directed, it was incredibly well-paced, it kept ratcheting up tension. Yeah, The episode that we covered last week, episode 6, was a fucking masterclass yeah. in how to craft a really good episode of a show. And now this week, we, we, we got to follow it up. So does this episode deliver on everything that the previous one had set up? <sighs> Spoilers, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> <sighs> How about you give us that good old summary and run it down and then we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, alrighty. Okay, so summary time. Episode seven, Wolfwood. Picking up from where the last episode left off. Uh, the- the sand steamer has been set off course by Legato, who's following behind them. Uh, Levio is on the hunt for both Vash and Wolfwood. The Badlands gang have just randomly shown up and are boarding the sand steamer. And now we have learned at the beginning of this episode that the sand steamer has gone off course and is going to hit Wolfwood's orphanage from when he was a child. So many things are happening! After we've established all of that, and we've had our intro, Wolfwood and Vash trying to deal with everything, and Wolfwood is able to fire at the bad lads and scare most of them off of the deck, getting them to leave. A bunch of them have already run inside. Wolfwood is then fending off Levio, trying to keep him away from Vash, telling Vash to get the hell out of there vash runs inside to go deal with the badlands that are still in there uh we learned that the badlands had taken meryl and roberto with them so they are now in the sand steamer as well vash shows up and just kicks the shit out of all these guys effortlessly and reunites with roberto and meryl up top wolfwood is duking it out with levio and Levio was just like, I have to catch up, and we flash back to Levio's childhood, and how, like, you know, he needs to catch up to Wolfwood. Wolfwood is his goal. He needs to be like Wolfwood, and Wolfwood just berating him, like, stop. You don't need to follow me. You don't. Don't need to do this to yourself. Wolfoid, thinking Levio is too far gone, goes to finish him off. Vash fires at his cross gun, diverting his bullet. Vash is telling him, you can still save him. There's still some of them in there. You don't know that he's completely gone. Uh, Levio then flips his magazine to his gun in a very similar fashion how kid Wolfoid would flip his lighter. So this is the hint to Wolfwood that, oh... Levio really is still in there, so he tries to talk Levio down. Levio starts getting all these flashes of memory, and uh, he just shoots himself in the fucking head and falls off the sand steamer.
1: How does that make you feel, Zeon?
0: <clears throat> well, well, we'll get to how I feel about that. It's not as probably as bad as you're thinking. <laughs> uh, cut to Legato, and he is going on this tangent about how he wants to destroy everything that Wolfwood cares about because. Once he is untethered from all of these human cares, he will be a perfect killing machine. Then suddenly the ship's ion cannon has been activated because the ship has a fucking ion cannon and it is going to fire. So Vash goes to a control room that is incredibly high tech and he's like, oh yeah, this used to be like a salvaged spaceship. Uh, that, they, that they refashioned into a sand steamer and he's just like well crap i can't stop it so then they try to use like anchors to stop the cannon and pull up the cannon vash and wolfwood are literally trying to lift the cannon up to redirect the shot meryl is not leaving the control room despite roberto telling her like you're gonna fucking die we need to go and her going no i'm not gonna run anymore Vash and Wolfwood are able to redirect the cannon right as Meryl hits the uh, fire button for it, sending a beam into the sky and falling backwards. But the sand steamer is still out of control. So that's one problem dealt with, but we still had the second issue of the sand steamer. Uh, Wolfwood goes down to engineering. Vash goes to the plant room. Wolfwood is able to release the pressure. While Vash is in the room with the plant, asking it for help, it begins to open up. Outside we see the sand steamer stop. Legato just kind of gives up, cuts his losses, recovers Double Fang. And then everyone goes into the plant room to find Vash and they see this humanoid thing in the plant chamber and Vash is covered in all these lines on his face. That is very resembling of a plant. End of episode. So, Kai, what did you think?
1: I hate Roberto.
0: You know, honestly, (laughs) Roberto isn't even, like, my big problem with this episode. Roberto is still towing that line of, he's not wrong in, like, this situation where he's like, I'm a fucking reporter, I did not ask for any of this bullshit. Yeah. So, like, as opposed to a lot of other situations where, like, he's just being a nihilistic asshole, here, at very least, I can go, well, he, he, he's making a valid point. Like, this isn't his thing.
1: I do know one thing that stuck with me that had me going, oh, I really hate that. I really hate you right now. Or the way that they wrote him was... uh when Meryl was given her, like, big speech of, like, I'm not running away or whatever. And then he does this, like, shrug-sigh thing that's, like, you know, usually something you see in uh, comedic situations of, like, okay, I guess I'll let you do the thing. Yeah. And it, so it's not really so much the philosophy behind what he's saying. It's really, like... The way they went about him... Yeah. It it didn't feel like he was being... He was taking it seriously. And it felt like, of all the things in the world that you should be taking seriously... I think this is one of them. This doesn't seem like something you should, like, respond to with a shrug and... Okay, I guess I can't change your mind. Like, I don't know. That body language thing really, really irked me (laughs) really bad. I do agree that it's like, yeah... He's right to be like, no, we, I didn't sign up for this shit. And also we made a deal that if it got too dangerous, we would bail. And I let you have that. And now it's gotten too dangerous. I'm with him on that. I feel, I feel him on that. But again, it's the way he went about like the shrug and everything, honestly, was, which is probably, I'm just like bothered by that one little detail, a little too much, honestly.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you want to know what irks me Is a story ratcheting up tension, culminating a series of events into this clusterfuck cliffhanger, and then resolving all of these issues effortlessly.
1: Yeah, like especially the Badlands thing, they just kind of effed off. On their own that was really
0: yeah no they, they were just a bunch of jobbers
1: what they're doing is like they're they're here to cause problems and chaos and stuff and so it felt weird that they just kind of went oh this got too big bye you know i i don't know i felt kind of off about that i felt like wait why are y'all here i don't know like i i do get why they were there because somebody had to set the steamer off and someone had to do this that and the other but like
0: well is the, yeah, so they didn't even do anything as far as the steamer was concerned because that was legato you
1: right they literally
0: uh, they they literally (laughs) did nothing other than like literally all they did was get meryl and roberto back to our main characters that was it one episode after they had just fucking parted ways with them honestly this
1: is a first draft thing but it's like between episodes of if you like changed your mind and decided you wanted meryl and roberto back with like vash and wolfwood then, like, you shouldn't have separated them in the first place if it was going to be this kind of clunky trying to get them back. Yeah. But I thought maybe I was, like, crazy and missing something about, like, the Badlands, because I really did feel like they were really fun when I first started watching the episode. And right. the way they were like, we're going to be famous! And they, like, freaking doing the um guinea poses and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: they did the guinea pose. That was pretty delightful. I won't I lie. liked that. <laughs> I-,
1: I appreciated that. And then they just kind of did nothing else directly that I could tell or remember and i'm like i missed something
0: what did did they do so here's the thing that gets me is that the previous episode had ended with oh shit legato and zazi are here oh shit fucking levio is still attacking them and oh shit now the bad lads are here and the ship is off course holy fuck and then it's just like the very first thing this episode does is add another thing to the stakes, which is the sand steamer isn't just only off course. It's heading directly towards the orphanage that Wolfwood came from. Okay, fine. That's cool. You wanna add like an extra wrinkle into this, you know, to add to the chaos.
1: Like the thing of like the character thing too of like like I can I can appreciate having the sand steamer going towards the direction of the orphanage right after introducing that backstory to us because I'm like, yeah, Wolfwood has shown that, like, unless he is personally invested, he doesn't really care that much. Right. Like about what happens to other people. But the Ion Cannon was a little much. The Ion Cannon was okay,
0: like Okay, so, th- going back, the only thing that actually matters in this episode is the thing that they established at the very beginning, which was the sand steamer is headed toward the orphanage now because... Wolfoid and Vash dispense the fucking bad lads Mm -hmm. effortlessly. Like, they just completely kick the shit out of them, like, as if they were absolutely nothing. Just tearing through them like tissue paper. Fucking Levio, how does that get resolved? He shoots himself in the fucking head. And I'm not gonna say that it wasn't a good character moment, but, like... You're you're establishing like all this tension from the previous episode and they were either non threats or threats that resolved themselves.
1: Yeah, like maybe some of these should have carried over to another episode of still being an issue. Maybe the badlands were still around yeah. and fucking with shit and messing around so that next episode
0: we could deal with them. Like honestly, if they had just left the bad lads alone and like just let them be an actual threat Shove in Brilliant Dynamite's Dion if you have to just so you, know, you have like a mini boss or something <laughs> for our characters to goddamn deal with because as is it takes all of the elements that were like a threat before and just completely deflates them and now it's this new thing which is the ship the sand steamer is heading towards the orphanage. Also, oh no, the Ion Cannon is charging the fire, and it's also facing and the- the
1: prom's tomorrow! Yeah. That's really what it started to feel like.
0: It's just, are you fucking serious?
1: I do appreciate and understand, like, you can have major threats going on and then minor threats going on at the same time, And the issue isn't so much that the characters can't deal with the minor threats, it's the idea of, like, oh my god, do we have to deal with this right this second? Like, they're getting in the way. And I would would be all for that with the Badlands being there and the fact that they were so easy to get through if I felt like they actually got in the way and caused problems. But they didn't. They were just kind of like you said, like tissue paper. They just, oh, they're kind of in my way. Let me just barrel through them real fast and then get where I'm going. Like, they didn't cause any delays. They
0: didn't cause any problems. They were (laughs) a narrative FedEx truck that dropped off a package of Meryl and Roberto. That is what they were.
1: (laughs) I'm going to use that i don't know where i'm gonna use that but i'm adding that to my vocabulary i like that narrative fedex truck
0: they're just there to like deliver our supporting cast and it's just like our supporting cast that literally just now parted ways and they were already fucking following them they were already following the sand steamer like why the fuck was this necessary
1: it's the first draft syndrome. Yeah. We got the first draft syndrome back again. If somebody had the thought of, oh, we need a way for Meryl and Roberto to get back on the sand steamer. Oh, what about the Badlands? Oh, that'll work. And then not thinking or not looking at all the implications of it. I don't
0: know. Like, the only thing I could think of is that the Bad Lads mm-hmm. will come back. And I mean, they have to come back in a later episode where they're more of a threat. Like maybe Brilliant Dynamite's Neon will show up and he's just going to be like, oh, like you're that bash fucker who like humiliated my boys. I mean, he's going to come back with like a chip on his soul- shoulder and a grudge to like settle with them. But uh, just this episode as is, a lot of the threats that were established in the previous episode, like I said, Legato and Zazi are following them, but they don't get involved. They, they completely are hands off. And the Badlands gang, they completely job out immediately. And Levio shoots himself in the fucking head. So the only thing now left is okay, well, the sand steamer's out of control. Well, the sand steamer, uh, it's not just out of control, but it's heading now towards the orphanage, which is literally like the beginning of this episode established an extra wrinkle to the situation. And then that. It felt like the entire first half of this episode was, let's try to clear up all this clutter so we can tell, like, a story about the sand steamer heading towards the orphanage for this episode.
1: I feel disappointed, I'm not gonna lie, in how, like, what happened with Mm. Livio. I'm like, that felt a little... I don't want to say anticlimactic, because it was, like, emotional, and it was a really good moment. I feel like it would have been better if that was, like, the climax of the episode was that happening, as opposed to being, like... I don't want to say it was an afterthought, but I felt like it was a little too low on the priorities of, like, the focus of the episode, compared to, like, the other stuff going on. And
0: I do think, like, the thing that makes that scene feel anticlimactic is because... It is just in the middle of the episode. The previous episode was all about Wolfwood and Levio. And then at the midpoint, not even the midpoint of this episode, it's just resolved with Levio shooting himself. And then the rest of the episode is, Oh no, the sand steamer and the ion cannon! Which is a far less compelling thing to deal with than an actual character drama.
1: And I feel like for an episode that really wanted to focus on like Wolfwood and his feelings, we got a lot of stuff with like Vash, which just it really does feel like the Wolfwood and Livio, like oh we got to tie this up really quick, like felt like an afterthought despite all the build up that the previous episode yeah. did. I'm okay with let's bring the focus back to Vash and like the big reveal that he's a plant. You know, and I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I just still kind of felt like, whoa, we're doing this now? Whoa, 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 wait,
0: back up. This, this show throws so many big reveals at you. You know, we had the Levio thing carry over from the previous episode, but it's like the show doesn't want to, like, just dedicate two whole episodes to, like, a character, like, character drama. So you you cut off the character drama At the midpoint, so you can now have, like, this kind of spectacle set piece of, like, oh, we have to stop the sand steamer. And then we get the big reveal that Vash is a plant. Once again, like, it's very well done. But, like, it shouldn't have been done in this episode where you just spent so much time focusing on Wolfwood and Levio.
1: I feel like a lot of the stuff in this episode is, like, there's a lot of things happening that, on their own, outside of the context of everything else in it, like, works really well. The Livio and Wolfwood conversation and, the like, all the stuff with the eye of Michael and the brainwashing going on that leads to Livio shooting himself in the head. The, like, sort of, is he actually dead that we kind of got with Legato being like, we're not done with him, go pick him back up, you know? Like, that is, that was all really cool and really well done on its own, I feel. But the fact that it was surrounded by, like, I guess the key word this episode is clutter. It was surrounded by a lot of clutter. Clutter that also, on its own, would have been better if it was spent on its own. The vash and the plant would have been better if it was, like, like, if we had a situation with the Badlands and the Steamer and all of that, hell, you can keep it going to the orphanage. And Wolfwood's, like, stressed trying to solve it and Vash's solution mm-hmm. is to go talk to the plant. That, I feel like, would have been great if we didn't also have the emotional like situation with Livio going on. That's what made it feel cluttered, is that you have these two major things that don't really have anything to do with each other happening on top of each
0: yeah. other. Yeah, it's just too many disparate elements that just aren't connecting or threading together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this episode really wanted the centerpiece to be the sand steamer, and the Ion Cannon. Okay, let me just say, the fucking Ion Cannon's stupid as hell. Like, you didn't have enough tension with the sand steamer already heading towards the orphanage. No, 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 no. It's a sand steamer with an Ion Cannon, a fucking Death Star laser that's charging up and is also going to shoot the fucking orphanage. Okay... Why the fuck does a sand steamer have a fucking ion cannon? And of course, you know, there's, like, some throwaway dialogue of, like, oh, it's a repurposed spaceship. Why the fuck do you keep that?
1: I got a theory. I got a theory for why that was in there. Because it's it's a writing thing of you got to make sure that you, like, plant mm-hmm. your seeds for, like, your, your stories and stuff, you know? So it's the idea of, like... I feel like they were trying to write in a natural way for Vash to kind of tell on himself about, like, how he knows how this shit works and what stuff was for back when it was in space. But it was just kind of, this was not the place to do it because there were too many other things!
0: I agree with that. But also, like, I feel like that's kind of, like, unneeded because I could have sworn that we've already addressed the fact that, like, Vash has knowledge of lost tech like it literally his arm is lost technology yeah
1: you're right yeah, this is, this is, like, feeling like a lot of the issues of this episode come back to the same thing that we've been saying about a lot of the other episodes of, like, first draft syndrome. And also, there's no real cohesion that I'm seeing. Like, it really, it feels like a group project of multiple writers, you know? Feels like they're not looking over each other's stuff that closely, and they're not really communicating.
0: It feels like there isn't a show runner. Yeah. Like, there isn't someone... Who is going over from script writer to script writer, making sure that there is a clean, like, focus, and everyone's telling the same story. Like, I'm sure there's, like, a show bible, but, like, as far as, like, the episode-to-episode storytelling, it just feels like... This episode made me think of, like, comic book runs where, like, a new author takes over, and they basically just kind of discard everything the last guy was working on to go tell their own story. That's what this episode made me feel. Like, someone was given yeah. the task. He's like, well, I really want to tell this story about this runaway sand steamer and with an ion cannon, so I'm just going to clear up all this bullshit with the bad lads, and, like, Legato's going to go ahead and stay in his car and never actually get involved. And Livio, uh, he just shoots himself in the fucking head. It
1: does feel like that. Like, a different writer came on and was like, crap, there's all this stuff I have to tie up before I can tell the story I actually want to tell. Let me just tie all that up real quick. Yeah. At least we can say we're not at the level of the Aaron Hunters from Warrior Cats who, like, within the same novel couldn't decide on an uh, eye color for a character. Like, literally... Look this up. I think the character was Dovewing, but I'm not entirely sure. It's like, one paragraph says that she has blue eyes, and then the next paragraph says she has, or like a few paragraphs later sometime, mentioned that she has green eyes, and people are like, okay, that's weird. Heterochromia, I guess. But then another one later said she had, like, gold eyes or brown eyes or something, and people are like, okay, she has three eyes, I guess. But So at least we're not on that level where, like, the inconsistency is that bad. But I'm getting, I get a vibe from that. I get that same vibe of like details are getting mixed up and not communicated correctly.
0: Yeah, this episode, like I said, it just deflates a shit ton of tension that was built up in the previous one. And like the, I think the ion cannon thing is stupid as shit. I think it's really weird that the sand steamer has two control rooms. Where it's like the old, like, steampunky shit that, like, the people who are steering the ship use. But then there's, like, a whole sci-fi spaceship deck inside of another room. Why is that there? Like, I understand if you salvage this technology to, like, build a sand steamer. But, like, it's not a fucking spaceship. And it's technology, like, you would think that they would have gutted all that out. So it was just really weird. It was weird Having that there, I don't know why Meryl needed to stay behind because, like, honestly, like, one of the things that got me was Roberto's whole thing about, like, we need to get the hell out of here, and Meryl going, No, I'm not gonna run away again, or, you know, and I'm just like, Well, why aren't you? Like, what do you need to do? Because it seemed like all she did was when the ion cannon hit 100%, she pulled a, a lever that fired it. But like, wasn't the ion cannon going to fire regardless?
1: Yeah, I feel that really confused me too. That's what did she
0: need to be there? I
1: think what they were going for, and what I originally thought was happening, was that regardless if it was if it was at a hundred percent or not, once they got the uh, cannon to a certain point to where it wasn't facing the orphanage anymore, she would fire it. Like that's what I understood was the plan. But then no, she fired it once it hit a hundred, anyways. I was thinking that they were thinking ahead of time in the sense of, like, we don't know if once we figure out how to get the cannon to not face the orphanage or whatever, not face people, we don't know if we're going to be able to, like, keep it there by the time it hits 100. So we need someone to fire, like, to hit the trigger as soon as it's no longer facing it, whether it's at 100% power or not. You know, preferably when it's not, actually.
0: I feel like that's what they were trying to do. But yeah, like like none of that was conveyed. But then she pulls it so, when it hits 100. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it was still waited until it was at 100. Because that's the moment where they flipped it up. So like, had they not actually lifted it, would the ion cannon have fired up by itself? Was Meryl even required for any of this? I don't understand, Kai. That was just felt like a weird jumble mess. Oh, we're lifting the thing and she's gonna pull the lever. And it's just like, (laughs) it was like someone had watched a scene similar to that where, like, some guys are doing stuff in one area and then, like, there's, like, someone in the control room and they have to, like, synchronize their stuff to, like, save the day. And, but, like, they didn't understand, like, how building tension and, like, the things that you need to explain to the audience work. So you just have a bunch of characters doing a thing that, Supposedly is going to save the day But you're not given enough Information on how that works
1: Yeah I do see very consistently A lot of people who don't understand This when it comes to writing that it's like You want your audience to still Be in the know of what's going On like a lot of people don't seem To realize that they seem to think the more Confused your audience is or the more Like turned around and flustered they get The the better and it's like and for some things, like if you're trying to do like a mystery and you're trying to like, you know, drag your audience along wondering if they're right, if they're not or whatever, like that's, that's true, you do it for that. But for something like a big action scene like this, like the needing everything to be synchronized, for the tension to be there, the audience needs to have a clear understanding of what everyone needs to have done and at what point they need to have it done at. Otherwise, we're just kind of confused about like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing there? What's the plan? Yeah. Instead of going, oh my God, are they going to be able to do it? And that's what the tension is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a question of, are they going to be able to pull this off? Not, what are they doing? And I got a whole lot of, what are they doing out of it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And to add to that, okay, they need to now stop the steamer. After the ion cannon problem was resolved... They still had the steamer is out of control thing. Okay, it's still headed towards the orphanage. Well, we need to stop it. Fucking Vash sends Wolfwood to the engine room to, like, turn a valve. But, like, I don't even know what he's doing. I'm assuming he's doing a thing to, like, release pressure. But, like, that seems to be completely irrelevant because it's still the plant that Vash connects with, as far as I know is what actually stopped the steamer. So Wolfwood having his badass grabbing a scalding hot wheel and, like, cracking open his, like, vial to, like, heal himself as he's scorching his hands, turning this valve, is c- feels completely irrelevant because I don't understand what Wolfwood's part in that is. I don't even think Wolfwood understands what his task was.
1: I feel like that's one of those things that's, like, I think Vash trying to get in, like, contact with the plant itself was sort of his like hail mary and he was still like hoping that like he didn't know if that would work
0: Mm. oh yeah it definitely was his last ditch effort
1: and you see that like and they kind of planted it earlier when they showed the uh people in the crew freaking out over that valve and not being able to like turn it off that they kind of connected the idea of the people working in the sand steamer were trying to turn it off from, like, the beginning, but it got, like, so hot that they yeah. weren't able to do I it. Yeah, I
0: understand what the scene is supposed to be trying to convey. It was just really weird that you have these two disconnected things that are both supposed to, like, stop the sand steamer, and I'm not sure which one actually did it. Yeah! Was it a combination of both? Like, had Wolfwood not turned that valve, would the plant have been able to stop the thing? If Wolfwood had turned that valve, would... The plant had still given it the power needed to keep plowing through, like, and maybe next episode is going to explain that. But given how this show's track record has been, where it just really skips over details that are kind of crucial to the storytelling and understanding the motivations of anyone ever, I, I really don't. Like, my expectations are not high for how they're actually going to explain this, or if they will explain it at all. Yeah. Like, I feel the next episode is going to be entirely about Vash being a plant, and him dispensing his yeah. backstory, and we're gonna learn all of his history. And then we're never actually going to address, like, the orphanage that episode, or very specifically what Vash was doing, or, yeah, like, I feel like a lot of stuff is just going to get skimmed over.
1: I feel like the writers in this, because if, any, if anything, the fact that the last episode was, like, a perfect score for both of us, if anything, what that tells me is we've got, like, a group of writers, or, or main writers, or what head writers, or whatever. It's the thing of, like, what they got out of Gun that they want to share in this adaptation is all of the, like, emotions behind the backstories of the characters and their lore. And they also enjoyed the fa- how it was like, kind of a little secretive and a little like.
0: But the thing is, though, like this show isn't secretive at all. It's just like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, like, oops, like... all plot twists.
1: Yeah, like it kind of feels like like you know, a lot of amateur writing that you'll see like posted on the internet and stuff. Like, I know this is an original. This is my original character. Do not steal. The reason why the stereotype for like somebody's like baby's first oc over here is that it's like here's my tragic backstory and if they write a fic about it it's like here's my tragic backstory and everything all comes back to me talking about my tragic backstory it it's like that but to like a lesser extent in the sense of like these are professionals who kind of know what they do what they're doing But they do still feel like they're really focused on, like, here's my tragic backstory and I'm gonna do everything I can to, like, shove it in your face as much as I can. Which is, like, not bad in and of itself, but it's also, like, they're kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too. In the sense of, they're trying to play it off, like, they're writing it, like, they're giving big reveals but we've been doing this for seven episodes of having big reveals.
0: Like every single episode has been some big twist. Uh, I was going to argue, except for like maybe episode two, but no, because episode two ended with with the bombs that introduced E.G. the mine. So yeah, no, like every single episode has pretty much been some big reveal to it nothing gets to be a secret no one gets to have hidden motives like we know everything about wolfwood up front we're about to probably learn everything about vash and knives up front where like these things were told very slowly over the course of the original anime and manga
1: i'm gonna Put a prediction even though like i know the episodes are out there but like just trust me all i haven't seen any of the other ones uh <laughs> yet um i'm gonna put a prediction that Same. like you said this next episode's gonna be a lot of vash and knives right i think the very next one after that is gonna give us uh more of like livio and give us more like legato and livio stuff specifically legato i think Because they've introduced him, and knowing the pattern of the show, it's either going to happen next episode or the episode after, especially because next episode is definitely going to be focused on Bash and Knives. Okay. I feel like the episode after is going to give us our lore dump on Legato. That's my prediction.
0: If we (laughs) actually explore Legato's backstory, do you think they're going to explore that part of it? Do you think this show is going to be bold enough? (laughs) Yes!
1: I don't know, because I don't actually know what this, like, show is rated. I don't know where it's airing in Japan. I don't know the culture of, like, what, like, channel it's on and what time period I mean, it it's get, it on. I it gets
0: pretty violent, but, like... I don't
1: know. This isn't exactly like, uh... This obviously isn't, like, shonen level, you know. This is obviously not for young kids, you know, or just kids in yeah. general or teenagers. This is obviously adult.
0: Yeah, and and the manga was saying.
1: I feel like based on how they've been going over things so far, they're going to allude to it, but not outright state it. That's what I feel like is going to happen. If If it's the same backstory, because we don't know that either, but if it is the same backstory and background and stuff... I feel like Mm -hmm. they'll allude to it and not just actually say it with where thing with the level of like maturity and what this show has done so right but I don't know because I don't even know if they're doing that and then people in the listening if you know you know if you don't read the manga if you want to know otherwise don't worry about Uh, it
0: you know big trigger warning for that one it's
1: really 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 dark like I'm talking you're gonna need a trigger warning dark. But that's why we're talking about it because we're like I don't know, are we are we going to need to have a trigger warning in like in our freaking podcast when if they bring it up? I don't know.
0: I right. Yeah. So, okay. I did want to have my little squee fan moment when Livio was having his memory flashes. There is an incredibly manga-accurate flash of another character, and I was very excited. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I think so, but I'm not entirely sure.
0: Okay, well, first off, uh, we did see uh, the chapel or whatever, like the, the their mentor that in the manga Wolfwood had shot. But also, we saw for a brief moment Razlo the tri-punisher of death and I'm not going to reveal anything about this character in this podcast Uh, I don't want to spoil anything but like seeing that character and seeing them depicted like exactly how they were in the manga I was shocked the spiky hair the face tattoos like the leather stuff and the rippling muscles I was like oh my god we're just fucking going for it so yeah I am super excited. Um, we're definitely going to get more stuff at Levio. There's no way in hell we're not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm definitely excited to see more stuff with Livio. Um, I'm waiting for like Razlo to show up yes. along with uh, Chapel. So yeah, um, there's th- there are things that I'm looking forward to at very least. Even though this episode really was really, really disappointing. So yeah, uh, that's everything I had to say. How about you?
1: really don't have much else, honestly. Other than I'm still waiting for Roberto and Wolfwood to make sandwiches together.
0: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a Deviant Art account somewhere that, that's delivering for you. You just need to look yeah. for <laughs> I'm it.
1: Sure, I'm sure. That... <laughs> I do want to say there was something else I wanted to add, to about like legato's whole deal i do really like how he's very sophisticated and yet also you got that hint of him being a little unhinged in there i did like really like what they did with him being like his philosophy of we've got to like remove all of like wolfwood's personal like Uh, attachments to the earth so that he could be the perfect follower, you know, which is like...
0: There's a lot of stuff I really do like here. Uh, How they're portraying Legato. I fucking love it. Um, He's unhinged and eloquent and unhinged. I love what they're doing with Levio. I think it's a really interesting direction for his character that is still very true to the source material, but has its own take on it. I it's just the episode to episode like what they're like the story that these that these really cool characters are trapped in, that's bothering me.
1: Yeah, it's it's the overall like structure of the writing that bugs me in a lot of it. Like the characters themselves are really cool, but the overall structure kind of bothers me. I looked it up by the way. There is no Wolfwood and Roberto, uh, ship fic on Ao three. <laughs> There's a lot of Vash and Wolfwood. There's a lot of Vash and Wolfwood. I mean,
0: doesn't surprise me On at just all. the
1: Trigun Stampede thing specifically. Th- this
0: Vash in particular is even more submissive and breedable than the original.
1: <laughs> I love how you say that because somebody in like my freaking Monkey Kid server is hopping in the other fandom chat and saying that about <laughs> Vash from Stampede and drawing him and stuff. And I'm like, this is amazing. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Okay, um, let's score this bitch.
1: I was originally going to say 5 out of 6, but after talking it out more, I'm gonna have to knock it down to 4 out of 6. Because I'm like, yeah, I guess I was still running on the hype of the last episode when I was like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of little things off, but like overall, right? But I was after talking it more and thinking about it more, I'm like, nah, nah, those little things added up. And that's really what it was. It was a bunch of little writing things that added up in a big way.
0: I'm giving this a three out of six. Like right split down the middle. It's half as good as the previous episode. And like this episode gets three out of six for me. One for like just kind of it's really messy narrative and it's construction. But also just how it just dumps. All of the storytelling potential, like, all of the hype that the previous episode had built up, and it's just like, oh my god, how are they gonna get out of this one? Like, this is gonna be so crazy. crazy." Actually, it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience.
1: (laughs) We took care of each of these things, and uh, we still have time to, you know, get some food afterwards. Let's go get some shawarma. Do people still like that joke? This episode
0: pisses (laughs) me off on so many levels, because it's like... Like there's so many like good things but like the good bits are really just carrying over and it's just to just see this episode in the first half just dispose of everything that was like in the cliffhanger only to now focus on this ion cannon and the fact that it's faced that that it's off course towards the the orphanage and that is that are now our main tension of the story and everything else was just dealt with in a very unsatisfactory way you could have cut out the entire ion cannon bullshit you could have had the bad lads be a bigger threat and you could have extended the levio stuff and you still could have had the plant thing with fash at the end to help wrap up the episode you you still could have had levio shoot himself in the head no, no, you had to throw in a fucking ion cannon and make this big fucking laser gun the, the the big source of tension in the episode, needlessly, when you could have had character tension. Fuck you, show. Like, you got me really excited. You delivered a killer fucking episode, and then you executed it like goddamn Levio and shot yourself in the <laughs> fucking head.
1: It was a disappointment.